Welcome to the Know, Like, and Trust show with Brittany Gardner, the podcast where we explore the world of personal branding and how to build your know, like, and trust factor up for ultimate business success. And now here's your host, Brittany Gardner. Hey there, friends. Today, we're going to be talking all about the tools you need to run your business, in particular, if you want to practice authentic automated marketing. This episode has come about because, well, frankly, last week I was deep in client work. I was managing clients' marketing on multiple different systems because we all have different systems, right? The tools of an authentic automated marketing system are varied but the functionalities of them, not so much. So last week for one client, I was working on WordPress with Elementor, which is my favorite in terms of building and designing. I was working with another client who is on Squarespace and using Eventbrite and things like that. And then another client on Kajabi. I will be honest, you guys, I had never logged into Kajabi as a user before. I'd seen their marketing page. I've heard of people using them. I've used people's courses who use Kajabi, but I'd never been in the back end. And I know a lot of people use it. I just haven't seen it. So first thing off, it treated me as a new user. I was on my client's admin account on a special account for me, and it treated me as a new user. It gave me these little tooltips. Here's where you'd go to make landing pages. Here's where you go to send email broadcasts. Here's where you manage your people. And it called it the life cycle of your people. Others might call it a client journey, a value ladder, but they call it the life cycle. So you can actually envision your clients moving through your business as life cycle. Personally, you guys, I love that. Every platform has its strengths and weaknesses. And clearly, Kajabi Strength is breaking down the different aspects of your business that you must have a handle on, talking about it in regular terms and making it easy to understand for their client base. That is, you know, the entrepreneur who wants things all in one place. However, once I dived into Kajabi, I wanted to bang my head against the wall. Designing on their platform is not intuitive. So if you have struggled, friends, you are not alone. I have used many a page builder and I don't know if this one's my least favorite, but it's definitely fighting for that spot. The thing is, of course, I have got my preferences for platforms. Kajabi won't ever be my choice as it's very limiting for the things I want to do, but we are all different people and we're all going to have different preferences. This is really normal, but it also got me thinking, just like your offer needs to play well with others, your tech stack needs to play well with others. All right. After I wrote my cliff notes for this episode, I actually got an email in my inbox yesterday by the author. It was named Forrest Linden. His email newsletter is called Signals in the Noise. And I've been subscribed to it for like four, five years or so. It's really well put together. So if you ever want to go check it out, I'll link it in the show notes for you guys. But he actually was sending out a promotion email for Kajabi by coincidence. Laugh, laugh. But he actually included an incredible list of all the tech tools you might need to run an online business, especially one focused on course creation, on group programs, on having that authentic automated marketing in your wheelhouse. So I'm going to read off of his newsletter. He says, you're going to need tools for you to create and manage a marketing website for your homepage, about page, sales page, etc. Landing pages for your free offers that you send traffic to, a video player, an audio player, live video streaming opt-in forms for free offers, and an automated system to deliver those free offers, you know, like funnel building tools, email marketing features, so you can send out broadcast emails, autoresponder emails, and emails to your paying members, 
checkout pages, payment processing triggers, automated processes like that that give people access to a course or send them a welcome email, an online course area to house your multimedia course content and downloadable files, a private space for your members-only community, the ability to trigger a wide array of automated processes based on dozens of actions that prospects or customers will take on your site. If you want an affiliate program, you'll need a system for that. So cookies can track those people and you can hand out commissions as they are duly noted. A system to handle customer support emails, live chat support, a system that allows prospects and customers to self-schedule sessions with you. And that's the end of the list. So you hung out with me for that. Thank you. That was a lot. And I find that a lot of my clients are either trying to avoid paying for more tech tools or they're overpaying by having too many that actually overlap functionality. For example, that list that Forrest gave out, most of those functions can be covered with something like Kajabi. I might not like it, but that doesn't mean it doesn't do the deed, right? The thing is, when you're trying to avoid paying for more tech tools, you need to realize tech does cost money. Software as a service companies are growing in a big way. And the reason is because we all need tech that makes sense for us. And makes sense is definitely something that's going to be on a case-by-case basis. What makes sense for me might not make sense for you. And again, that's okay. I think back to when I first started my business as a wedding photographer almost 20 years ago. And yes, I'm dating myself there. I thought at that time how easy it was to start a business. And I also was like, wow, it costs a boatload of money. Here's where my perspective came from on that particular subject. My dad had a business with basically zero operating expenses, unless you counted like the insane textbook and software manual library he had in his home office. He was mostly a freelancer, a consultant, whatever you want to call it. So he basically just worked a job but owned his own business as a umbrella for that. And he didn't really have any business expenses, you know, business cards occasionally, computer upgrades, but that was pretty much it. Well, quickly, I got schooled by one of my friend's parents who owned a flooring company. When I found out what they paid for their commercial lease property, I was floored. So I had on one end of the spectrum, my dad with very low operating costs, and then my friend's parent with insane monthly expenses just to break even. So my perspective changed. Suddenly investing you know, $10,000 just in equipment for my first half year of photography business went from so expensive to hardly an investment. That's how the perspective shifted with outside information. Now, when my husband and I joined our photography businesses after getting together, we did cut some costs. Instead of two business insurance policies, we had just one. Instead of us each having to own like every single specialty lens at, you know, one or two K a pop, we usually only needed one because we worked together. But we also raised other expenses like health insurance. That was a rude awakening, folks. But then when we closed our wedding photography business down and I moved into branding, it was time for a new perspective shift again. So instead of me budgeting equipment upgrades at five or $10,000 a year for various camera repairs, cleaning, replacements, computer upgrades, all of that, I was looking at monthly subscriptions as my biggest expense. And I wasn't used to that. I'm still not, honestly, six, seven years later. My monthly fees kind of annoy the crap out of me. You got to remember, back then at that time, we were still buying Photoshop outright for like 600 bucks a pop. The full Adobe suite was a couple thousand, but we would use it for several years. Paying $60 a month for it now doesn't sound like a lot until you multiply it out for the product life, which now there isn't a product life since it's a subscription. You realize you never get to finish paying for it. It's a whole different mindset. 
But running a business does cost money. Sure, we're not paying multiple tens of thousands in commercial leases like most non-online businesses are. Maybe we pay for a private office out of the house. And sure, we're not buying tens of thousands of dollars in camera equipment like I used to, or having to invest in the top line computers just to handle your image processing needs. But we do have expenses. And this is where we're going to get to the meat of this episode. We can't shy away from our business expenses if we want our businesses to thrive. Tools allow us to run our business. They're going to save us time, you know, our most precious asset. They give us greater insight into our clients, our needs, their buying habits, how they keep things organized. I mean, I'm a big fan of buying data and all of the tech I use is what allows me to do that. So we're going to go over just one case use here. For last year, in order for me to operate my business and operate the self-liquidating funnel that I was using as my strategy for traffic most of last year, I was paying 80 or so dollars a month for active campaign. a month for acuity scheduling, $40 a month for member vault. That's where I housed the actual course. $300 a year for cart flows, which comes out to $25 a month. But this, of course, was not all that I was paying for each month. This was just the tool set I was using to run my funnels, the automated part of marketing, and then to maintain contact with my audience and clients. I also pay for other things like Libsyn to host this podcast, Vimeo for hosting my videos, many of which do go in the courses, but I don't use it just for that. Planoly for posting my social media to Instagram and Facebook. I'm not including that kind of stuff like Planoly, Tailwind, all those things in the stack because I'm just including certain tools that I only used for running that funnel and specifically those tools that I have replaced with a new platform called FG Funnels. It's a white-labeled software of a long-standing platform that agencies often use, so it's not new to the market in terms of working out kinks, but it is new to the market as an option. And with this one platform, I've replaced Active Campaign, Acuity, Member Vault, and Cart Flows in one fell swoop. And I'm only paying $97 a month because I picked it up as a founding member. I'm not sure at the time that this airs whether that deal will still be available. I just want to make that very clear for you guys. But One of the reasons I love this new platform is because its customer service is truly spectacular, something I definitely didn't experience when I used the other popular funnel software called ClickFunnels. Sadly, something I also didn't experience with CartFlows either, although theirs was much better than ClickFunnels to be very fair. But I'm also thrilled because the owners of FG Funnels, this new platform, have committed to anti-racist activism and changing the automated marketing world for the better. And you guys know, if you're listeners of this podcast, that is really important to me. Their software is not going to be full of all that bro marketing ick that we have all experienced, especially lately. The online marketing world can feel akin to a used car salesman at times. And FG Funnels is committed to changing that. And I am really happy to be a part of that. Having the tools to do all the things you need to do online without having to have that bro marketing stuff smack you in the face every day, I am in favor of that. All right. And again, as I mentioned, since I picked up the platform as a founding member, I'm only paying $97 a month for all that it offers. And friends, that's already a monthly savings right there. Not even counting the added benefit of good activism, of shedding the bro marketing behavior. It's saving me actual dollars as well. So if you want to, you can actually run your entire website through it, replacing your WordPress or Squarespace site. I'm not actually doing this at the moment. I've got too much going on with my WordPress site. I kind of love Elementor. But if I were to do this, I would save an additional $800 a year or so on things like hosting and subscriptions that I pay for the the website itself. 
Okay, so that was a lot of numbers. If you're glazing over, I get it. Numbers are hard on audio. My decision to move to this new platform had a few different aspects. And I want to lay them out for you because from a strategy point of view, this is the learning moment. This is the learning lesson of the episode. One, I was really upset with my old email provider. They weren't fixing what they needed to fix and they were kind of treating me like crap. So I wanted to move out of that anyway. So I was already looking for a new option for that particular aspect. Two, I'm not saying fluffy words when I say authentic automated marketing. My new platform is run by women committed to cutting out bro marketing. Julie Stoyan and Kathy Olson are pretty legit. I love learning from them. So I am now not padding the wallets of other bro marketers. I really like that. But also, I can have authentic automation with this platform since I can see where my clients are moving around, where they're interacting with my content or not interacting. That's data that I need to see too. If someone says that they're interested in scaling an in-person business to an online business, I can make sure that the content they see is geared to that and not towards someone starting an entirely new business. So all of that allows me to exercise authenticity in automation, which isn't always easy to do. And then three, as I've already said, it's going to save me a boatload of money. Yes, tech will cost you and you will have revolving costs, but you shouldn't be overpaying for multiple services that do similar things when you can find one platform that does most of the things you need and of course do them well. For example, after moving from my old email provider to my new one, I saw a huge increase in open rates. Now, email open rates aren't always super accurate. I haven't actually read the studies, but like real engineers and people who study this say that there are so many factors that actually make open rates kind of ridiculous. Things like Androids and Apple phones handle them entirely differently, for example. Things like certain email providers mark everything as red. So that said, it's hard to put real stock into them. But after spending nine months fighting to stay at 20% open rates or so, when I was on Active Campaign, I saw open rates as high as 50% for my email newsletter broadcasts in FG Funnels. And regularly, because they're not always at 50%, I'm not going to lie and tell you guys that, but regularly, they're still 50% higher in the high 20s rather than struggling to hit 20%. That's just one example. By combining things into one platform, I can also see how my audience is interacting with links I can see who's engaged, not just clicking and bouncing. All of those things are going to help me serve my audience at a greater level and save me time doing so. But creating more content that's actually geared towards each member of my audience has always been a longtime goal of mine, and I just didn't have the ability, the tool set to do so until now. So that was my decision path. What's yours? This is the thinking part, right? Like I said at the beginning, I have clients using multiple different systems. And as I've said in other content here, I am platform agnostic. You can use what you want. I'm not going to tell you that you're wrong so long as it's serving your needs, so long as it doesn't involve you hitting a brick wall all the time. They all work when they work and they all fail when they fail. It's having a solid strategy for how you're going to use it both today, in the near future, and in the greater future that will get you ahead. You need a system that's going to grow with you, not limo you. Saving $70 a month on a system but failing to gain new traffic is not doing you any favors. All right, these are all the tools I am currently using to market my business in 2021. Funnels, website, course delivery, all of it. I don't know what your tech stack is. I would love for you to message me and let me know. I'm kind of curious to see what this greater audience of the No Like and Trust show is using. And it might make some future episodes a little bit easier to gear for you. Again, 
I want to authentically show up and give you guys the tools that you can use to build a greater business for yourself. And while you're pulling up your email to message me, you can either do an email or you can hit me up on Instagram, of course. I am Brittany Gardner. I would love to ask you to leave a review in your podcast player app of choice iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever you want to call it. That's where I usually listen to podcasts, and that's definitely the place where most people review this show. But leaving that review not only tells me which episodes and which content pieces help you the most, which means, of course, I will prioritize those in the future for you, but it also tells other users on Apple Podcasts that I am the right podcast for this kind of content, that if you want to learn how to build your personal brand and grow your no like trust factor online, that this is the show to listen to. I'd be ever so grateful. Talk to you later.